Welcome to the Power of Synergy. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. What is synergy? It's what we create when we come together with other people. We have a very powerful force, a spiritual force as individuals. When we come together, we become exponentially more powerful. This has been proven in a scientific way. Sometimes it can be referred to in a mathematical sort of equation saying the sum is, well, actually not the total. The total is actually greater than the sum of its parts. That's what synergy is. When we come together, we are more together than we would be individually, separately. That comes with an accountability. A power comes with a responsibility. Responsibility demands accountability accountability. We have rights. Well, we don't always have the freedoms that we think we do that are absolute. Now, I'm doing a video today because I've known that there have been a lot of listeners who are interested in seeing me. Sometimes listening to me talk for an hour, I decided to come up with a great background because today what we're going to be talking about is a continuation of what I started last week. Last week, we were talking about love, Today, I'm going to talk about sex. Sex is very important. It's a very vital human activity. It's a powerful dynamic in a relationship. And again, with that power comes a lot of responsibility. When you know who you are and what you're doing, you can then share something that amazing with someone else. If you don't know what you're doing and you are not in a condition to take that kind of action, to share that kind of experience with someone else, you really need to consider that before you do something sexual with another person. What you could do in the harming of that person could be more than, than you thought and maybe more than you really want to accept. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about the different elements right, of our humanity, that when they come together, when they mix and match, sexuality is an amazing thing. A lot of people are experts in this field. They don't really know what they're talking about because they have a lot of focuses in the different areas, but they're all interconnected and they're indelibly intertwined. So we're going to take a look at the different individual facets, but we're going to be, in the end, considering how they mix and match to come together to create something within an individual and then exponentially more between the couple. Let me just say, I was actually watching something very early on public television, an expert, a very famous expert. He was talking about the um, pure consciousness and the higher awareness. That's important. You need to have an awareness. But what really bothered me was that he actually said that what is physical is not real. That, that right there, I knew I needed to change the channel because you know what? Yeah, what's physical is very real. Now, I will grant you this. The physical element is only about 10% of our sexuality. Okay, yeah, it's a very small part of it because all it is is the physical manifestation. It is the literal tangible manifestation of the things going on inside of us, which are our emotions and our thoughts. We do have a spiritual power. A spirit is the force that fuels us. It propels us. Now, that doesn't mean that if our spirit left our body, our heart and our mind would as well. I've always said, we do not have a soul. We are a soul. Now, if you know, just from listening to my show, that that's kind of the context that I always present the information that I'm teaching people in. That's going to be what I cover today. The first part, we're going to be talking about the mind and the heart. The second part, we're going to be talking about the body. Now we have to get to the, the very end, putting all those different pieces together. We're going to go ahead and open up the lines to people because they're, they're clearly going to have questions and I'm sure comments and opinions that they're going to want to share. Since this is the first video presentation I've ever done, I'm going to go ahead and ask my producer to cooperate with me here and be patient with me 
if the, the callers do want to speak and interact, we're getting used to the new technology. So thank you very much, Don. Heads up. Um, the number to this station here at BBS Radio is 888-627-6008. Okay, now, just as a summary for my show last week, love, we were talking about love. Well, copulation, the act of sexual intercourse has been called many different things. It could be effing, screwing, pumping, okay, copulating, okay. Let's let's keep today's show in the context of making love. There's a little heart above me. There are three different kinds of love. There's agape, that's the principle of love. There's philia, that's the physical, personal affection that we feel for people. And then there's eros. Those are three very different kinds of love. Eros is about sexuality. Well, different people have different proportions of the activities that they do. You know what? They're different personalities have different um, tendencies and different dispositions toward the different kinds of love that they have in their life. But they always need the same relationship. It is about how we relate to each other. And when we're talking about something like fulfillment, sexual fulfillment, that is the orgasm. The experience of orgasm is a heightened, intensely physical and emotional and mental experience. Now, unfortunately, sexuality is very misunderstood simply because the media, right? A lot of a lot of commercial products, a lot of social influences in the United States, especially, but now it has penetrated, saturated the world worldwide as an industry. The pornography industry has undermined truly understanding what relationship love is about, especially in the context of sexual relations. Yeah, the pornography industry was gross. And when we're talking about um, experts, okay, <laughs> actual experts in their field, they don't correct things that media just has the freedom, right? Free will, free speech, all that good stuff. They can say whatever they want. Well, when people look to experts and say, well, is that actually a good thing for me? All they say is, well, the data shows this. Well, but there are certain things that data can't show, like your heart, like your personal needs, like your individuality, the different things that a relationship is built on. Orgasm is the most powerful physical element of our biochemistry that two people can share. It actually stimulates four chemicals simultaneously. That is really powerful. And that's why it's very addictive. When people masturbate, they have completely taken out the human element, the human factor of the human experience. You can, you can go ahead and, and have Eros for another person, but when you actually take the person out of the Eros experience, I likened it to food last week. Agape is the substance of our love. It's what we bring to a relationship. The philia is how we then um, come together with another person and display our affection. That's our individuality. Agape, you need to be very, very good in principle in your behavior to another person. Well, philia is you need to have that symbiotic, that mutual exchange, that personal connection with someone that can then lead to the eros, which is a sexuality. But the, if agape is like food, the philia is like the seasoning, it's like the spices, it's how you prepare the food. Well, eros is a condiment. Yeah, there's some flavor. It enhances the personality of the food. It creates a very stimulating experience. Eros, right? Condiments, that's not food. That's not substantive. It's not real in a relationship. So unfortunately, uh, like I said, the uh, pornography industry, the sexual revolution, right? In the late 60s, early 70s, just absolutely worldwide said, you know what? This is, this is, not, this is not important. We don't really have to put a relationship into consideration. Let's go ahead and take enjoyment, take the pleasure of the arrows, okay? And then decide if, 
well, at some point we might actually have phobia. We might have feelings for the person. Well, then we might decide if, do we want to have any kind of relationship? Well, if you're doing something narcissistic and self-centered first, then you're deciding if you want, well, to maybe do the work. Um, the odds are you're probably not going to want to do that. And that's why most people, when they have that kind of sexual gratification as their primary focus, they don't get married and they don't stay together. It has to be in the order of the discipline of the principles first, then the commitment of a personal investment second, and then the reward of the sexuality and the sexual connection. Because like I said, those four chemicals we're going to talk about later in the show are so powerful. They are what sustain you through the hard times of the relationship. Okay, so just a heads up on how the, the show is going to go today. We're going to take our first break. I want you to think during this first break about how you see not only sexuality as a dynamic, but how you see yourself as a sexual entity. If you're celibate, that means you're not sexual at all. Really take a look at who you are and how you are sexually. We'll come right back after a brief break. Brief break. My name is Gabriella. This is The Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. Welcome back to the Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardone. And today we're talking about sexuality. And I'm going to get into the very specific details of how human sexuality works. We've got our body, we've got our heart, we have our mind, and we have our spirit. Now, obviously, people have been asking me, well, you know, we'll give you some details about, about the physical. I'm, I'll get to that, but let's start with the, the foundation. Foundation is actually the mental. Okay, so when we're talking about the constitution of our thoughts, it's considered a lot of different um, order, right? A different process. Some people think that our feelings create our thoughts. That's not true. Our thoughts create our feelings. So, excuse me, we need to decide what we think. We need to choose how we approach our um, interaction with other people. What are the things that are truly most important to us? And what things do we prioritize focusing on? Again, when I was talking about agape, that's making a, a proactive choice that is not going to change in spite of anything that anybody else does. When you are the uh, do unto others as you would have others do unto you, thing, you know then that your ability to... Um, treat others the way you would want to be treated well yeah you have to think about what would be the best way to um, behave the source of everything you do is your thoughts so when you have that question what am I thinking about when it comes to relationships you have to know that sex is a part of our constitution how do you think of sex as an activity if it's something that you take it when you can get it and you really know that everyone is on their own. I was actually told, this is so sad. I was told by a lot of feminist elements in society, sometimes in my personal life, sometimes on television, I was told that, well, men are basically the enemy and you have to um, hurt them as much as they're going to hurt you because all they care about is their own gratification. All they care about is, um, their own satisfaction. They're going to use you and they're going to lie and they're going to manipulate. That's not true. Actually, men have just as many needs, thoughts, feelings. What you have as an opinion about people is the source of how you are going to interact with them, how you see the act of sex, how you see that connection as a physical manifestation of a feeling is going to determine what you are willing to do. Now, think about this. 
I was a virgin when I got married. Granted, I got married very young, but I knew I was going to marry my husband when I was 16. I got probably the first um, offer, right, to be sexual with a, a young man at a very young age. I wasn't even 10 years old because the pornography industry was so pervasive. But I remember thinking about my personal value system. I was always told, no, men are very good people in general, and they will treat you well. Okay, so the thoughts, the positive thoughts that I had about all of the good things that sex could be, I was raised in a Christian home. The Bible, unfortunately, you know, has kind of a bad reputation. Certain religions have certain histories of people doing bad things. No, sex in the Bible is an amazingly good thing. And there are scriptures that speak very graphically about how a man should feel about like his wife's breasts. Yeah, God knows what he was doing, right? When he would made the woman, he made her in an amazing way, but it's special. It is only for people who have the agape as their personal value system. That's based on their thoughts. Then they have the philia of someone that they have connected with, that they have personally bonded with because that connection between men and women could be a lifetime experience. Once you've done those things first, your ability to experience things is going to be infinite. Literally, there is no limit to what you will be able to give. But now let's move into the emotional part receive okay now there's a, a reciprocity yes there is a symbiotic dynamic between a couple between partners the emotional element you need to know what is okay important to the other person and keeping in mind this too there's more joy in giving than there is in receiving well that means you need to be prepared to accept someone else's love even if it's not your kind of activity, you don't really like that kind of thing. When you say to someone else, you mean more to me than me. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and accept this, this time that we have together, whatever sacrifice you are giving me in the way of maybe an act, maybe a word maybe uh, a demonstration uh, or even a request, being honest with me about who you are, that is going to bring us together. But you need to keep in mind, and I'm gonna go back to this again because this is the foundation of everything I do. You have to keep your personality in mind. You have to keep it in the context. And that's where the philia is. When you love who someone is, it means you know them before you have slept with them. You have taken the time to get to know them. You have studied their nature and you appreciate that. Not only do you for yourself have to be able to say, this is who I am. This is what I need from you as my partner. You have to be able to say to the other person, this is what I understand about you. This is what I'm willing to give you. Is that really what you want? And if not, tell me what it is. I'm willing to do that for you. Yeah, that's by Leah. That's not just because I have to, but because you are worth my time and energy. I want to give that to you because I love you in a very special, in a very different way. Now, when we think about vulnerability, that leaves room for rejection. What are we going to do with that kind of potential rejection? Are we going to be okay if someone says, no, I know that, that you feel a certain way, but I don't care. When we have philea, we are more vulnerable to how that's going to make us feel. Okay, That comes with a lot of responsibility, being able to manage your own feelings, very important feelings like um, anxiety or fear or anger. That comes up in a relationship because in a relationship, it's not just about what you're doing in the bedroom. It's about your daily life. Do you genuinely understand vulnerability, your own and someone else's? The mental element of your thoughts are going to be a factor in the feelings that you feel, but they're going to be what ultimately will manifest in a physical way when you have that experience with another person. Now, when we're talking about men and women, 
they're just different, okay? Yes, there are certain things about the personality that you can take the time and say, okay, you know what? I like you, I love you, but you're driving me nuts now. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's get back down to the crux of men and women are different. We've tried, I think, in this country to make men and women the same for political reasons, but it's only when we really appreciate and enjoy the differences right, between the genders that we can say, yeah, let's go ahead and turn those, those differences into something that could come together and become something that individually we could never be apart. Is it possible for a person to go through life without ever having sex? Absolutely, because sex is for the purpose of unification, solidification, coming together of two different people. If you're not going to be in a daily routine, life relationship with another person emotionally, you are not going to need to have sex. We're gonna be talking about the biochemistry of sex and why it is so important to have orgasm sex. Well, you can't fake orgasm. How many women have, have had that complaint? They either don't have it or they have to fake it because the biochemistry, the anatomy and physiology of men and women, and the emotional constitution is very different. Men are three key things, protectors, providers, and procreators. And I've always said this about just the genders in general, okay? Men want to be needed. Women need to be wanted. Okay, think about a woman's body. We got, we got a whole lot better <laughs> to look at than, than the men do. Men are very simple, anatomically, physiologically. Yeah, we're, we're very um, aesthetically more pleasing. And so when a man is looking at a woman, the beauty of her, even in a less than ideal, less than perfect state, is very emotionally stimulating to him. That's important. And when a woman knows that, it's the mental approach to a relationship that creates an emotional connection, right, of a special bond, then will manifest in a, a physical experience that could bring the couple together. That's, that's something you can't, you can't um, put a value on, right? You can't put a price on that. You can't quantify the value of that. Okay, so when we're talking about individuality, well, then there's the, the human factor of your personal life. That's another reason why you have to have a relationship. You know what? A certain personality type, I can say your personality likes this and this and this and this. Yeah, but you know what? Not everyone with that personality likes that, that thing in that way because we've had personal experiences. The nurture of our nature just gave us a whole lot of other varieties. So before we get into the specific details of anatomy and physiology, keep in mind that the personal needs of a human being in a sexual context are mental and emotional. Those are the ingredients and the actual substance of what will then manifest in that sexual experience between the couple. Okay, so you're you're taking notes if you're not if you're not that's okay because you can always go back and and replay this this is going to be in the archives we're going to take another quick break what i'd like you to do now actually is get a pen and paper because i'm going to be going through a lot of terms medical and official technical terms about the body and how it works and how um sexuality not only between men and women but in a human and all that good stuff work as well so think about these things before we come back grab your pen and paper and we'll come back with segment three of our, our show today in the power of synergy on bbs radio i'm your host gabrielle cardone
Okay, I think I'm working on my technology here. Thank you for all of my viewers, formerly listeners, now viewers, for being patient with me. Um, working remotely with a great radio station like BBS <laughs> is, uh, is nice because if you don't know what you're doing the whole time you're learning in the process, yeah, you're, you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants. So thank you very much, BBS Radio, and again, Don, <laughs> my producer. Okay, so now we're moving into the part uh, about the physical elements, okay? Um, when you have the... Um, spiritual industry now teaching you things like you can't be spiritual and physical at the same time all that's going to do is make you more frustrated no pun intended well yeah actually pun intended it is very frustrating think about how we are how we're we're created or or how we've evolved whatever whatever you want to call it the fact is we have elements of our physiology our anatomy that are really important to our experience as a human being. Okay, so let's start with um, the spirit. Yes, is very important, but so are all the body parts. Let's start with the largest organ in your body, your skin. We've got a lot of receptors. We've got seven layers. We have a lot of different parts that respond differently to the exact same stimulation on one body part is felt very differently on another body part. That's very powerful and it's very dangerous because it can become very addictive. And I'm gonna go back to, again, the subject of masturbation when we're talking about self-stimulation. Yeah, it's very powerful and it's very effective. It's a great way to get what you need to get done, done. The problem is it takes away the human element and what we need when we're talking about actual sexuality we need that connection because, as we're going to get to in a few minutes, orgasm is a very vulnerable state. Okay, so now we're talking about things like smell. Our olfactory processes gets to a different place in our brain. It's more of a, hmm, that's interesting. That, that's curious. I'm not quite sure what that is. It's not as stimulating in the same way as touch, but it is very intriguing and that's engaging. So when we have different things like our, um, our body odor, I'm thinking I can't even think of the word right now because the fact is we have different um, elements, personal chemicals. It could be even from the food that we've eaten that day. We have different individual um, odors, aromas that we create, but then we can also add synthetic things that when they mix and when they match, yeah, we've got some good stuff going on. We can create, we can make it an even better experience. Then we have sight. Okay, well, you know what? This is what we're looking at all the time. See this, this picture, we've got the media, we have uh, individuals around us, we have our phones, our technology, we have all of these different elements that are constantly stimulating us, not even in a good way, just in a stimulating way for the sole purpose of provoking, being provocative to us to stimulate a desire. You know what? It's not even a good desire. What you do with your eyes, what you have, what you do to other people's eyes is really dangerous. That's why some societies, some religions actually have rules. You can't, you can't see anything good on me. I'm going to cover myself up completely. Well, what that does, a sensory deprivation is an extreme response to, you know what? It doesn't have to be that bad. You don't have to be completely, you know, um, depriving yourself or someone else of the visual experience. Just know that a woman's body can be very very beautiful and another woman can appreciate another woman's body that doesn't mean you have to have sex just knowing that if you're comfortable with your own body as a man or a woman the visual is something that can be appreciated and enjoyed yeah there are a lot of ways you can have a lot of fun with it but always doing it in an appropriate way in a healthy context okay well Taste, it's not always considered as something sexual per se, but when you're talking about bonding and connecting with someone, there are different 
elements, different um, varieties of experiences that you can create for yourself or that other person, that's going to be very stimulating to both of you because, again, that agape that is supposed to exist before you ever become sexual with someone, that there's more joy in giving than there is in receiving. I've actually always liked the the fact that I tell people I have more fun watching my husband watch a show than I do watching a show because seeing his responses, seeing his pleasure, seeing his entertainment, that's very gratifying for me. And when I know that there are certain things that I'm doing that I'm not going to tell my viewers or listeners okay, that I'm doing with my husband that are visually stimulating to him, well, there's taste. There's a, a lot of things that, especially if you close your eyes, that augments and um, improves, right? <laughs> the oral situation. But again, there is a vulnerability that comes with sexuality. You cannot do things like that with people that you don't know because it's going to get to them in a very private and in a very intimate place in a very intense way. You could actually hurt them when you employ these different methods of stimulation. Sound, okay, you know what? Yeah, when we make noise with each other, we have a very um, acute response, a sensory response to them. Those, those noises, those sounds, we might not even realize how loud we're being. If we do really surrender and let go in the experience as we're doing different things with the person that we love, expressions, sincerely heartfelt expressions can only come from a person who is genuinely relaxed enough to be expressive. Yeah, I, I got a, a note on my door shortly after being married. Now, keep in mind, again, I was a virgin when I got married. So I was having some good fun in the first few months of my marriage, figuring out who I was with my husband. Um, the note from my manager said, you guys need to close your windows um, when you're making love. Okay. I did not know that people on the fourth floor could hear me. Yes. When you have that energy and that, that passion, and that excitement, it can get pretty loud. And you know what? If the person that you're with loves you and you love them. That can be gratifying in and of itself. You don't even have to climax in a situation in order to feel the fulfillment songs, music, they're very stimulating to us because sound is very fulfilling as humans. That's an important part of who we are. Okay, so let's talk about the actual biochemistry of an orgasm and why it is not okay to play around with this. This is not a weapon and it is not a, um, an entitlement that we have a right that we just have to take from someone with someone at random at will, at our own will. Okay, so um, I like to use acronyms. Acronyms are great. Um, the one that I like is DOSE. I need a dose, and I can say this to, to my husband, honey, I need a dose of your love. Okay, there's, there's four things, D-O-S-E, dopamine. <laughs> That's a messenger, substance, neurotransmitter. Yeah, you know, it's a feel-good hormone. It's what's in a lot of um, drugs that people people take it it creates that response because it's a happy hormone. When, they're, when people are taking um, these opioids, all it does is trigger dopamine in their brain. And that's what they get addicted to because it's also very um, helpful in, in managing emotional responses. And that's what they get addicted to. So number one is dopamine. Now, oxytocin. You know what? Oxytocin is what... Um, has been described as a, um, a driving force behind caregiving, okay? When we're talking about actually taking care of another person, it's a bonding chemical and it's an unselfishly motivating, uniting force. So think about the happy, relaxed state and the, the neurotransmitter that is about giving and generosity. Okay, well, then the next one, D, oh, Oxytocin, the S is serotonin. Serotonin is very addictive, but that's responsible for mood regulation. <laughs> serotonin actually does balance you out emotionally. That's not the same thing as just making you happy. Yeah, happy is good, but emotionally stable is something very important. When we're talking about um, 
avoiding depression. That's even after you're done having sexual relations with the person that you love and that you're bonding with. You know what? Sleep, bowel movements, blood clotting, serotonin's good for all that stuff too. Sex isn't the only way to create it. You can create serotonin as with oxytocin, as with dopamine, with other things. But think about that. D-O-S- endorphins. Okay. So now (laughs) that's a lot of really good stuff in one experience. Endorphins, they increase pleasure. They reduce stress. They um, improve the mood. They also boost your self-esteem. When you have really good endorphins, you actually feel better about yourself overall as a person. Now think about that. What Why in the world would our body, usually we only get one of those four things at a time. How often do we get two of them at a time? Why in the world would our body give us those four things at a time? Because in a relationship, you need to have all of those things. In fact, when we're talking about trust, oxytocin is a very, very huge factor in building trust because it's about creating that mutual need. That's the vulnerability. It's it's kind of a paradox. Again, like I'm, I'm saying that, that um, an orgasm is we are at our most vulnerable emotionally, but at our most powerful physically. Uh, how much strength and energy do we have when we climax? Wow, but at the same time, deep down inside, our need is incredibly great. Our hunger for personal connection is very great. Okay, you know, we want to go ahead and masturbate uh, in the sense of, you know, um, seasonings. Well, great. You have a, a meal that you really like with good seasonings that, okay, and if you want that meal, well, go ahead and just drink the, the bottle of, of salsa or go ahead and, and take a, a mouthful of the, the, um, the sauce, <laughs> the condiment. There you go. The condiment. That's not going to give you the fulfillment of the satisfaction of a substantive meal, which is what making love with someone that you love and you are committed to does for you. Yes, there are body parts that can do, that can perform certain acts. There are chemical um, processes that happen inside of us. Yeah, they can definitely give us a good experience, but again, it's not really gonna be satisfying or gratifying if we do not take things into consideration like our personal needs. And that's where the relationship comes in understanding your own personal needs. There are going to be, like I said, things that for your personality type, these things are more more important. They're more gratifying for you than other things. Well, you know what? There might have been things that happened to you at some point in your life that kind of twisted your heart and mind condition, and you don't necessarily like those things anymore. The nurture has done something to kind of modify your nature. Okay, it's very important for you to be able to say, this is who I am, this is what I need, and communicate that with your partner. The only way communication can happen is if there's trust and respect. Do you trust and respect the person that you're with enough to say, I'm vulnerable in this way. These are my needs. These are my preferences. I really, I can't, I can't handle things past a certain point or past a certain way. Well, you know what? Again, if that agape of your partner existing before they ever came together with you saying, okay, there's more joy in giving than in receiving. I care as much about you. I will do unto others as you will do unto me. That's the agape principle again. And the philia of affection, which is, I want you to be happy. Tell me what would make you happy. Unfortunately, I'll go back to this again, feminism and the pornography industry really undermined relationships because it made women want to compete with men and not trust men. And then men just said, well, fine, the sexual revolution, I'm just going to go ahead and sleep around because we were really, it's just about gratification, instant gratification. Okay. Ladies, let me ask you, do you know what would truly make you happy? It's not fair for you to expect a man to know who and what you are how and when you have needs in what way without you telling him because every woman is in fact so different now when you have do you know what would give you the most pleasure a specific frame of reference do you know how to do it with 
him. Okay, I'm not going to tell you specifically out of respect for my husband, the specific details. Are we gonna, yeah, you know what? There are between 20 and 30 different positions that someone could, could um, use during the act of love making. Well, you know what? There are advantages and disadvantages to all of them. There are demands and requirements in the performance of all of them. And it takes practice and cooperation. How comfortable are you as a woman saying to your man, I know you got nothing. You, you don't know. So I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to tell it to you because that's my act of love to you. I love you enough to say, I know you don't know. And that's okay. If you are confident enough to say he loves me and I trust him to talk to him about this, that's the going to be the ground, the foundation for your marriage. That will then also have an extended effect on everything else you do in your relationship, money management, time management, raising your children, all the different things that are inevitably going to come with a live-in relationship like marriage. So think about that right now. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to break down a little bit more about how the variety of mixing and matching can, can um, come to fruition. Think about who you are now physically and how you are physically with someone that you are making love. My name is Gabrielle Cardona. This is The Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. Welcome back to the Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. Today, we're talking about sex and sexuality. And it's really important, I'm going to emphasize it again to my listeners, that men and women understand and appreciate their distinct gifts, that the wonderful individuality that they bring to a relationship and how, as a, um, as a couple, they have that connection with each other when they're not being sexual before they come together. Now, we've talked about things like personality. We've talked about experiences that someone may have had. There are just um, individual, you know what, factors that, that people need to take into consideration. So when you're talking about the emotional factor, the mental factor, the physical factor, well, okay, there are 16 personalities, you mix and match them, you can come up with an infinite number of percentage. Well, you know what, I'm an INTP. And you know what, for me, actually, it's very mental. For me, it is it, making love to my husband is very mental, because my dominant function is introverted thinking. His dominant function is extroverted sensing. My son's dominant function is extroverted feeling. Okay, you are going to have some mental elements, some physical elements, and some emotional elements, they are going to you know what, they're even going to change because, and I laugh too, when I hear people say, well, you never had sex with your husband before you were married. How did you know if you were sexually compatible? I didn't. And let me tell you something over 27 years of marriage, I've changed about 40 times because I've been pregnant three times. <laughs> okay. You're not going to stay the same. You are going to learn and grow and change as a person, as a human being. Do you know who you are? Can you communicate that? Do you know who the other person is? Are they comfortable communicating that with you? And you know, one of the things I, I kind of laugh when, when people say to me, do you regret waiting till marriage? No. Do you regret having only one person as that special experience in your life? Absolutely not. Because I got to learn and grow with that person. And when I waited till marriage, I said to him, this is my standard. My standard is I'm only going to give this very special part of myself to someone who is willing to have and do and be all of those other things for me when we are not having sex. And that's about agape. That's the discipline of doing the work 
yeah, we, we have to have the substance of the, the meat. We have to have the, the real meal going. We have to take the time to invest the philea of doing the, the, the preparation of that meat to make it something personal. Then we can periodically have something like, yeah, multiple orgasm. A woman is great at multiple orgasms. She even has two different ways to, to climax. She has a G-spot and a clitoris. Does a man really want to know that? Absolutely. Tell him what you are, who you are, what you need it, how you need it, when you need it, because a man loves nothing more than seeing a woman happy. I've always said, again, the, the provide, protect, and procreate, all of those things can manifest when a man is making love to a woman. Okay, communication. That's important. When you are listening, you need to listen with the understanding that, you know what, it's going to be probably the opposite of what you're thinking. That's okay. And being able to say, especially for a woman, I know that you know that, that, that I don't know, that you, you don't know. Well, okay. Do you know? <laughs> let's, let's start from the beginning. Talk when you're not in the bedroom and have fun getting to know each other, talking with each other. One of my, my best stories to tell people is a lady in Starbucks actually said to my husband and I one day, she said, are you two having an affair? I said, I kind of wanted to have some fun with it. I said, yeah, we are actually. Why do you ask? And she said, first of all, because your rings don't match. You're both wearing wedding rings. Okay, um, they don't match. So you're probably not married to each other. But I've seen you guys come in here a lot. And the way you two are with each other, you've got this great passion. And you, you have fun with each other and the attraction. I can feel it over on the other side of the restaurant. And I said, no, we've, we've actually been married for 25 years. That's why I got the, the silver ring instead of all the gold and diamonds that I had before. And she said, there's no way you're married to each other. I said, yeah. We take time. I actually ask him, what do you want? And, and I do things for him. And then he says, well, what do you want? And I, I practice with him and I show him and we talk and it's fun because we appreciate and we trust each other before we get together. And I have an understanding of things like my G-spot and my clitoris because I understand that they're not dirty things. I don't think they are unnatural things. I just think they're very private things that are a special gift to the person who has made a lifetime commitment to be with me. That's my gift to him. Now, do you know what you would, what you would enjoy? There are a lot of different things you could do. Now, thinking all about all of the different positions, you can be on your back in four different positions. Okay, and if you're flexible, you've got some good stuff going on there. On your side, you actually hit a different spot. When the penetration happens, you can, you can be at different angles and you can move yourself in different ways. You can be standing up, you can be bending over, you could be on top, a woman could be on top of a man. There are all kinds of different places. The fact is when a woman has a G-spot, that's a wall on her place on her vaginal wall where a man can, can create an impact and that will stimulate her to climax. Then there's the, the clitoris, which is actually in front of the vaginal opening. Well, there's a, an entirely different activity that needs to go on with the clitoris in order for the man to, to um, encourage the blood flow into it to make it engorge, but not hurt her. A man needs to know how to practice those kinds of things with her without her feeling insecure or defensive or embarrassed. Do you know which of those different positions yeah, you actually like the most or the ones that are the most comfortable for you or what you are the best at. The truth is, you know what, men, men will take a lot of time to be with you and they will give you the love that you want and that you need because you know if they genuinely love you, the return on that investment of time and energy and effort, it's indescribable. It is his connection with you for life. You know what? There are some un unhealthy practices like exhibitionism. That's a very sick dysfunction. When you are displaying yourself in an immodest way to someone to, to cross personal boundaries, that's an indication that you have an, an emotional issue or a mental instability or voyeurism. 
when you're watching other people without their permission, there are certain things that, that a, a couple can do together that are healthy for them and for them alone. You do not have a right to violate other people's personal space. That could even be from a distance. When you are taking um, liberties that you do not deserve, right, that you have not been given, and you don't appreciate and respect boundaries, you are displaying very unhealthy behavior because then you are becoming narcissistic. Okay, then there's nymphomania and sexual addiction. When you're talking about sexual practices that do not have agape, they do not have the commitment that comes with agape, they do not have the philia of the genuine emotional investment, in that person, you are never satisfied, you are never gratified, and you are trying to fill a hole of a mental or emotional issue that has absolutely nothing to do with sex. Sex, because again, of the four elements that we're talking about during orgasm, can compensate, but only very momentarily, just like a drug or Two alcohol. minutes left. Sorry, two minutes the left. Only, the only thing that that does is continue to propel and perpetuate that insecurity, emotional insecurity or mental instability that you have. You know who you are. If you don't, you are not ready for a relationship. You are not ready for marriage. You do not have sexual maturity. You do not have the ability to relate to another person in that connective way. There are a lot of things, you know, some people, they go their entire lives without having sex. They're just fine. But there are a lot of things that human relationships consist of. Sex is a gift. It's a blessing. and It's a beautiful thing. Synergy is what we create when we come together. If you are not doing things proactively to make people's lives better, you are by default making them worse. Remember your responsibility, your emotional and social responsibility. When you wield the power of synergy, you are coming together. You are creating a powerful force in the universe. Use your power in a healthy way to create good, not only for yourself, but in the world. My name is Gabrielle Cardona. This is The Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. Thank you for joining me today. We'll see you next week same channel at the same time.